Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Mornings with Taylor and Jen. I put on my grown-up pants. <gasps> well, I am used to seeing you in your junior short pants, so I, I'm glad you put on the adult pants. I took pants. off the hat with the <laughs> propeller on top of it. Safe to say, even if you don't know basketball, you know the name Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, sure. Everybody knows Shaq. Like, that's a celebrity that even transcends basketball. Right. I mean, he's big. Big and dude. And his personality is big. And he's... He's funny. He's been in movies. What oh, was man. it? Kazam? Yeah. He, he is a fascinating guy. And I was actually listening to an interview with him recently. And there's this famous time in his career where he's on the court and him and Charles Barkley another. get into it. Yeah. Charles Barkley, another NBA player. Another and big they personality. get into it on the court. Yeah, like they it were, is a fight. They were all out brawling, fighting. Well, that's what was on TV. I didn't know what happened afterwards. Is apparently he leaves the court, the game's over, and then Shaq's cell phone rings. Phone call is from my mother and his mother on three way. <laughs> what? I was like, hello? She's like, this Mama Barkley, y'all cut that out. <laughs> what? I was like, hello? And then my mom was like, she killed. Y'all need to stop that. You need to go in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, ma'am. And then after after I shook Charles' hand, I called my mom back. I was like, how do you know his mom? She said, oh, we've been best friends for 20 years. Never knew that. Yeah, Charles Barkley and my mom were best friends for 20 years, and I never knew that. You didn't know it, so you only no. find out when you get into a, a fight on yes. TV with Charles Barkley. Yes. The phone rings after the game, and it's... Charles's mom and your mom on three-way. <laughs> on three-way. Yes, and they're saying you need to stop that out. Boys, look up to y'all. You definitely don't need to be fighting. Cut it out. I don't want to hear nothing. I don't want to see nothing. Don't say nothing in the paper. Go in the hallway, shake his hand, and it's over. I'll never disrespect anybody's mom. So when his mom called and said it, I was like, yes, ma'am. Yes, Mama Barkley. As you hear the story about Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley getting phone calls from their moms about how they behaved on the court, you know how that feels. You remember that time that your mom knew that you had done something. She catches you because she's mom. My son, who is on deployment right now over in the Middle East, didn't think mom would know that he had $500 in the hole hmm. in his bank account. He didn't think you'd find out. Uh-huh. And I get a hold of him, and I said, call me, and I put it in all caps. Yeah, you did. Oh, yeah. And so he calls me, goes, hi, mom. And I go, don't you hi me. And he goes, what? I said, I know what your bank account says. I said, what in God's green earth are you having to spend that much money for over with Uncle Sam? I said, you get three square meals a day. You got a roof over your head. I said, what more do you need? He says, well, well, um, um, I need a desk. I said, no, you don't need a desk. I said, you're a mechanic. You play with the wrenches. And but, but, I said, there's no but. I said, leave your money alone. I said, the next phone call I make is to your NCL. Okay, Mom. Uncle Sam may be in charge, but Mama's the commander. That's right.
So you were listening to a podcast of a former NBA basketball player mm-hmm. who then turned into like a superstar. I bet you didn't expect to hear a story about his mom. I know, but <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal is very close with his mom, close enough that uh, one time when he got in a fight with Charles Barkley, Shaq's mom got on the phone with Charles Barkley's mom, and they both got on the phone with Shaq and gave him a chewing out. Their mamas saw what they did, and they called them and they said, you fix this, boys. And that's the thing. When mom decides the kids need to straighten up, there is nothing that can stand in her way. As a teacher, I always told parents that I would solve whatever it was happening at school because I thought, okay, all parents need is to go home and be like, okay, I had a really long day at work and now we're dealing with school. But honestly, if like mama bear showed up, if I had to call in reinforcements and parents came I was in awe. <laughs> it went away immediately. I mean, like I was like, "Oh my word, who is this child?" And I, I honestly, I thought I wanted to invite the mama bear to school. And a couple times I did. I think uh-huh. I would say, "Hey, we're having some struggles, and I'm wondering if you want to come to school, just so you know what's going on, and we yeah. can partner together, just so that you're informed." And Mama would show up. You guys, I was in awe. I was like, okay, I'm going to behave too. (laughs) I'm going to try really hard to behave too. So here's to the moms for showing up and saying you're going to get along because I love that. So there's moments as a mom where you are presented with... Let's say it's a challenge. Uh-huh. It's a challenge. All right. And our friend Natasha called us this morning and she presented us with a story that represented this choice. She walks into her daughter's room on the morning that her daughter needs to go somewhere important. And child has expressed her creativity in the outfit that she has chosen. Th- there were a lot of elements there that were did not work together. Several pairs of leggings on one child. Several. You know, several pairs. Several several colors and styles that mm-hmm. did not match. There was no rhyme, no reason to <laughs> child's outfit except for child said as Natasha enters the room, Mommy, this is what I'm wearing today. Now, as a mom, you're faced with this dilemma, mm-hmm. right? Do you take the road that would be more mainstream when you say, no, I'm sorry, that's not appropriate. You're going to put you're going to wear what I put out for you. Or do you take the road less traveled and say, OK, sounds good. And Natasha took the road that said, I don't think this is a battle I need to win. <laughs> to tell the truth, I don't remember ever being allowed to just wear whatever I wanted out of the house. I, I always had impeccable fashion, so I never had to have this battle with my parents. And then you woke up. <laughs> Our friend Natasha was faced with the issue when she walked into her daughter's room and she had quite the outfit on and she said, Mommy, this is what I'm wearing today. (laughs) So we want to know, how have you handled those situations in the past? I have two daughters, they're now 11 and 7, and I decided a long time ago I was going to ask them one question every day, and that was, do you feel beautiful? And if they said yes, they got to wear it. That's super sweet. My other parenting philosophy is, Say yes as much as possible so the no's count. Oh. So I know there's going to be a day when it's too short, too tight, too bare. Yep. And then I'm going to say no, and maybe it will matter. I, I want to circle back. What are some of the things that they felt beautiful in? <laughs> um, 
Wonder Woman outfit every day to preschool for a while. Yay! <laughs> Knee socks with everything, headbands yep. with ears on them, lots of pattern mixing. Yeah, there's been a whole lot of different things. I love it. I love Head that. Headbands with ears on them. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't feel beautiful in those? I mean, right. We should still be rocking those. Let's face it. Your kids are more creative than you are. <laughs> Does the creativity eke out of us as we get older? Maybe. Sometimes. Our, I mean, our sense of propriety gets stronger and our sense of, I don't know, fun gets weaker. Your sense of, I'm going to dress however I want. If it makes me happy, I'm going to wear it. Yeah. When we were a kid, that was fun. We, we ran into that. Uh, I, I have a cousin who was very, very, very excited when she figured out that I was going to get married. Oh, that's exciting. She, She's quite a bit younger than you, yeah? Quite a bit younger than okay. I am, yeah. But she decided, like, as soon as she figured out I proposed, she had her outfit planned. Wow, that was fast. I think she had just started watching Batman and <laughs> saw, you know, Two-Face? Yeah. The guy who's, like, half and half on all kinds of stuff? Yes. She was like, I want to wear a suit that is white shirt and black pants on the left side and black shirt and white pants on the right. So it's like a checkered suit. And there was some back and forth on that. Some like, okay, are you sure there's going to be pictures there of the whole family? And like, these are going to be very important pictures. We weren't able to talk her out of the the suit, but we were able to talk her down to a nice pantsuit. <laughs> All one color. All one color. Woo! No, no checkers, no two-face. <laughs> You know, she didn't have crazy hair on one side of her head and normal on the other. <laughs> that would have been funny, though, because in every single one of the family wedding pictures, all of our eyes would have been drawn right there. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, she's still because she's shorter, so she's right there at the front of everybody. But it's, in a, it's, it's a very sharp suit. She looked very, very nice. Okay, so you've let it go on too long, and now you can't <laughs> fix it. Because if you fix it, it's embarrassing, not just to them, but to you. My wife and I have been shopping for cars lately, and the car salesman that we were dealing with at one place, for some reason, he thought my name was John. And <laughs> he keeps texting me. He keeps texting me, John. And John, <laughs> I, I felt bad. I felt bad. I never corrected him. We ended up buying a car from someone else. But my wife, when she sees me now, she said, John, how are you doing? Did we find a car yet? <laughs> I mean, that would have been awkward if you bought it from him and you, you had to sign the paperwork, not from John. And I introduced myself when I actually met him and introduced myself as Jeff and then introduced my wife. He obviously just didn't hear. Yep. So I didn't want to embarrass him, so I just... We ended up not buying a car from him, though, yes. Yeah. That's very yeah. sweet of you. I, could you teach that to Taylor? Because whenever I make a mistake, he <laughs> loves to, like, highlight it. I love Neon, to let Jen know about her mistakes. Like, big, giant letters pointing at it. <laughs> Jen made hey, a mistake! Hey, did you really mean to pronounce it that way? <laughs> did you really? The first time, you assume, slip of the tongue, probably. Yeah. Not on purpose, right? No. Second time, it's like, okay, they're just in their own head. <laughs> And then it goes on and on and on, and now it is uncomfortable to correct this mistake that's continuing. What happened to you? I, one of my first jobs out of college, very prestigious position as a pizza delivery driver, <laughs> and we had a, a girl who came in and worked for us. Her name was Daisy. And the first time we met her, I introduced myself. Hi, I'm Taylor. I'm the shift manager here, blah, 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 blah. She was like, okay, nice to meet you, Taylor. Later on that day, she says, hey, Jason, can you pass me the pizza cutter? And you looked around for Jason? I was like, oh, okay, she's talking to me. She'll, you oh. know, and and I, I didn't correct her. 
I just I didn't want to embarrass her, and so I just passed her the pizza cutter. Next day I come in. Oh, Hi, Jason. Good yep. to see you. Yep. Oh no, what is going on? <laughs> and here's the thing: I wore a name tag. <laughs> Other people in this business called me Taylor, but for some reason, I think Daisy was just so locked into this is Jason that nothing else could get through. And it got, I was like, I can't, I can't correct her. That, that's, that's even more embarrassing now. Like, hey, you Can know you how for point six, out your name tag? six months you've been calling me the wrong name? She called you Jason for six months? The entire time she worked there. She never went back to Taylor. She called you Taylor once, and then it was Jason from it was then on. Jason from then on, and you never corrected her. Nobody corrected her. <laughs> there would be four or five of us working at a time, and everyone could hear her say Jason, and they were just like, "Okay, <laughs> we're gonna roll with it." I thought she was just super friendly. My daughter and I walked into a restaurant, and from across the room, a gal who was also sitting with her daughter saw me and just she waved, and I thought, "Wow." I'm super friendly too, so it doesn't phase me when something like that happens. So I just kind of you know, like, wave my hand. You know, you you found a, a fellow extrovert, extraordinary extrovert. Yes, and and so I sat down, and of course, my daughter always asks me. She's like, "Do you know that person?" I said, "I don't." She says, "Well, why did you wave?" I said, "Because." I mean, she, she waved, waved first. She waved at us. She started it. My daughter and I had a lovely dinner. And then all of a sudden, I look up, and this gal and her daughter are standing at her table. Hey! How are you? It's so good to see you. And in my head, I'm thinking, oh, no. I know her, but I don't know how I know oh, her. Oh, boy. I, I mean, I, you start clicking through yeah. all the ways. Is it is it church? Is it work? Is it a past neighborhood? Is it, you know, it was at a concert? We had just had Winter Jam. Did I meet her at Winter Jam? Yeah. I mean, all these things are clicking through my head, but on my face, what you see is, hey, Hi. oh my goodness, it's so good to see yeah. you and your daughter, you know, and you just kind of guess, you mm-hmm. know. And so then, I mean, Taylor, I kid you not, she pulls out a chair. Oh, boy. And she sits down. And then her daughter comes and pulls out a chair and sits down. And my daughter this entire time, I'm sure, is thinking to herself, why does she have to be my mother? (laughs) But this gal and I proceeded to have this big, long conversation. And then all of a sudden, her face changed. And she went, wait a minute. You aren't Maria. Oh, and I said, no, no, I'm not. Am I supposed to be? And she's like, oh, my goodness, you look just like my neighbor. (laughs) And I said, I'm so sorry. I am not Maria. I am not your neighbor, but it is a pleasure to meet you. My name is Jen. You just kind of have to weigh the payoff, Mm -hmm. right? You just have to kind of decide, is it worth it after all this time to try to correct them? Or do I just answer to the wrong name? I worked at a place for seven years. My name is Tiffany. My boss called me Stephanie (laughs) for seven years. Seven? Seven years, yes. And I put my notice in, and we did this big thing, you know, to say goodbye and wish you well thing. And my coworkers, when she, you know, come up and said, Stephanie, we'd like to, you know, wish you well in your endeavors. Everybody yelled Tiffany, and she just turned and looked at him like, what? (laughs) She grew up in Beaconsfield, Beaconsfield, Iowa. Never heard of it. When she was born into Beaconsfield, there were 32 people there. Woo! She used to look up into the starry sky and wouldn't even let herself imagine the idea of going 
up mm. into that starry sky. But she graduated from high school in 1978, and it just so happened to be the same year that NASA started accepting female astronauts. And so Iowa native, my personal hero, <laughs> Peggy Whitson, started applying to get into astronaut school with NASA. They rejected her. And then they rejected her again. And then they were de- 10 straight years. 10 rejections from astronaut school. Channel 5 did an interview with Peggy Whitson. And can I just say, I am so, so very jealous of the woman that got a chance to talk to Peggy Whitson because I think <laughs> this woman is, I think Peggy Whitson might be one of the coolest people alive. Sometimes I worry that I'm not cool enough to live in the same state as I know. Peggy. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Seriously. And when I read this interview that she said for 10 straight years, they rejected her. Mm. And she said it hurt so much because I knew how much I wanted to do this job and yeah. I knew I was perfect for it. And being rejected 10 years in a row hurts. She said, but now I look back and I see that those 10 years were so important in my training. They were so important in my Mm. maturity. They were so important because eventually NASA did accept Peggy Whitson. And Peggy Whitson has become the woman that has spent the most time spacewalking. She was the commander of the International Space Station. She is by far one of the coolest Iowans in the world ever. But... She was rejected for 10 straight years, pushed through it, and then realized her dream. She just doesn't stop getting cool. Yeah, she's amazing. You know what name for Christ has always surprised me? What? They call him the man of sorrows. Right? When Jesus came to earth, he came to earth to specifically the Jews. Mm -hmm. In large part, they rejected him. Yeah. Jesus came in large part for everybody, and we rejected him. He understands rejection, and yet he still pushed through and won the ultimate victory. I mean, on a very small scale, Peggy Whitson took 10 years of rejection from NASA and eventually became the commander of the International Space Station. I know that you have suffered rejection. I have. Mm-hmm. We all have, and it is probably the worst feeling in the world. And I know what you want to do because this is what I want to do. I want to crawl under the covers and I want to cry and I want to hide. I want to yeah. move. I want to eat copious amounts of ice cream mm-hmm. right from the container with a spoon. And sometimes I let myself for a little while. But you got to get up and you got to keep going and you got to move through. And this is why. As a child of God, he loves you so very, very much, and he knows what's best for you. And if something is not supposed to be in your life, it's only because he has something better for you. There are things in life I don't understand. Mm. And one of the things in life that I don't understand I saw was going to come right here. Another opportunity for it was coming here to central Iowa. I'm kind of excited about this. I know. For some people like Taylor, maybe you. This is truly exciting. For me, I just don't get it. Because when I experience food, I want food to induce good things in me. You Uh know, like a happy mouth and a a happy happy tummy and a happy brain. (laughs) And I want to enjoy it all. And I want to be like, "Mm," like when I tasted one of the truffles that Logan made yesterday. Oh, those are like a dream. Seriously, that's like a true experience where everything is just happy. Mm -hmm. I don't understand eating food that makes you do something like, oh, I don't know, crack. 
cry or sweat. <laughs> I don't get that because crying and sweating to me are are catharsis type things that happen after you've gone through a trauma. Why would you want it after you eat? I, I'm there, <laughs> there's something it. unique about this, Jen. There's something special about Nashville hot chicken. And we're getting apparently a food truck that's going to be here in central Iowa. It's going to be called Chicken Heat. And basically they say this food is going to make you cry or sweat. And, and, and listen, that's a marketing it's not, ploy? It's not the point of it. It's it's a nice side effect of eating really good Nashville hot chicken. How could you possibly say it's nice? It's cathartic. Like you said, you're, you're like all of the bad of the day goes away and it's just like burning out all of the bad stuff inside of you. So you don't even want like a little... A little bit of bead of sweat on your forehead. Not sweat. When, when you're eating. Uh, I do not understand enjoying the experience of eating a food that is so hot you don't taste it, but it does make you cry or sweat. And see, here's the thing. With Nashville hot chicken, you taste it and you sweat. <laughs> and, th- and there's a good level of sweat, okay? I don't need it to be like streaming and need to like mop up, but there's like... There are people that enjoy if that, If you get though. just like a sheen, there's like a gentle sheen of sweat, and that's when you're in the, the sweet spot. I don't think it sounds sweet at all. I think it sounds painful, and I don't understand it. Sienna's kind of excited about this. I like really, really spicy food. I mean, when I was pregnant with my first daughter, I went through, I don't know how many jalapenos I went through. I just eat jalapenos. You just eat raw jalapenos? Out of, you know, like the jarred jalapenos that you... What? Yeah. Did your daughter come out beat red? I mean, was she sweating when she came out? Did she crawl out and say, Mom, stop! She likes spicy stuff. Of course she does. She puts hot sauce on almost everything. You did that to her. You know, it's funny. My friend, he was like, you know, I want you to do an experiment for me. Eat spicy stuff while you're pregnant and see if your daughter likes spicy stuff. And I was like... I got that covered already. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Sometimes your spicy story happens when you think you're tougher than you actually are. Spicy story. It's food. Please, Taylor, do tell us your spicy story. I moved to Iowa from Texas. Yep. And I figured one thing that maybe Iowa wouldn't be able to do as well as Texas is have spicy jalapenos. Like, coming from the South, we've got Southwest food. Like, jalapenos are a big part of the Texan diet. So you really thought that Iowa would be lacking in a certain department? Well, you know, turns out this uh, Iowa farmland (laughs) makes much spicier jalapenos. Or wherever we're getting jalapenos from, they are far spicier than Texas jalapenos. Oh, do tell. What happened? I'm making some chili. (sighs) And I'm, you know, chopping up my jalapeno and and like a fool who doesn't realize how spicy the Iowa jalapenos are, I'm leaving all the seeds in and I'm just going to toss the whole thing in there. Oh, boy. And then I had an itch in the corner of my eye. Taylor! Taylor, that is a classic blunder, Taylor. And I, I rinsed my hands off with water. Oh, no. Oh, no. And then no. I scratched my eye. Oh, no. And then my eyeball lit on fire. <laughs> That hurt so bad. And I'm like running around the house. Tears are streaming down my face, bumping into things, trying to find my wife. Like, Lindsay, you're a doctor. You know this stuff. What do I do? Lindsay, you have to find Lindsay to help figure out what to do. And then she Googles. 
What do you do? Well, a doctor Googling is so much more than a regular person Googling. And so it turns out what you do if you get jalapeno oil in your eyeball. Oh, I know what this is going to be. You soak cotton balls in, in milk. milk. Yep. And you put them on your eyes. <laughs> and you guys only have skim milk. Did that work? I, I took several <laughs> treatments. So now instead of stumbling around the house... With jalapeno oil in my eyes, I have milk running down my cheeks and cotton balls crammed into my eye sockets. I put on my grown-up pants and I and I did some work over the weekend. Well, I am used to seeing you in your junior short pants, so I, I'm glad you put on the adult pants. I took pants. off the hat with the propeller on top of it. And we have ripped up some floor in our kitchen. Oh, and it's been like months ago, so it's just like exposed linoleum so, kind of old sub-core. stuff. It's yeah, it's it's not pretty, but we've had junk on our back porch for a long time and it's because like Because you ripped up the floor. Yeah. And I discovered there is a thing called a bagster. Is that related to Napster? No, it's it's like a spork, but instead of a spoon and a fork, it's a dumpster and a bag. So I it's this no idea. massive like How'd... canvas bag that yeah. you buy at Home Depot, uh-huh. and then you open it all up, and it's like three cubic yards or something really massive, and then you schedule people to come pick up your trash. Really? I yeah. had no idea. So I lugged out all of our floor stuff on our back porch, and I started filling up this bagster. The bagster. <laughs> and I was feeling very manly, you know, like I had my work gloves on, and I had a hat to keep the hair out of my eyes, and like I was- Were you wearing it backwards? Uh, no, I was wearing it forwards because okay. it was sunny. <laughs> well, I got the bagster all filled up, and I get ready to, to like drag it over in front of the house so they can come pick it up. You have a really long driveway. Yes, and that bag would not move. Oh, really? Because we, I think back and it's like I put a lot of tile in that thing, and like tile is heavy. It's one of those where you sit down and you kind of squat and you grab the straps and you oh, pull. Oh no! And it's just like, no! Nope. It's not moving. That's not good for you. And so I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this bag and I'm like, what am I going to do with it? I know you've created a secondary problem. So I go to one end and I figured I can twist it. And so I twist it one way and then I go back to the other end and I twist it halfway around and it's like walking it slowly down the driveway. So how did you make it here? I mean, I would think you would still be down there twisting the bag to the end of the driveway. Well, eventually Lindsay came out and we wedged a tarp. Under this bagster, oh, and we were able to slide it all the way down physics! in front of the house. Physics is your friend. Yeah. <laughs> Woke up the next day, and I had to heat my back. Oh my word! Sometimes you just have that imposter syndrome where you just start, you can't believe that you're an adult. And yes, it still happens to me at the ripe old age of 29 and a half. I still get that every once in a while. But then that moment hits and you realize, oh, you are the adult in the room. About eight years ago, I was at a new job. And I was talking to a group of coworkers, and they said, well, you're the expert. What should we do? And I turned around, literally, <laughs> to see who they were talking to. And it was you. No one was standing there, and I pointed to myself, and I said, me? And they said, yeah. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> you think to yourself... I, I'm I'm really just faking this. I am not an adult. I should not be allowed to have these keys and and do these things and be in charge of people. Neil Gaiman once said, "We're all children. Some of us just wear adult clothing." Yeah, that's it. Right? I mean, and you feel like that yeah. sometimes. But then there's that thing that you do, and you're like, "Oh my goodness, I really am an adult." As I stood and looked up at the ceiling in my bathroom, I realized I was truly an adult because somebody had told me that. 
something could be done about the issue that was on the ceiling of really? my bathroom. Well, I, I bought it, you know, a couple of years ago, I bought a house. It's an old house, mm-hmm. old house. And it was built at a time where you could have one of two things in your bathroom. You could either have a fan or a window. Oh, yeah. They put a window not a fan. And I don't want to open the window in my bathroom because I would be like, hey, neighbor. No. <laughs> don't want to do that. <laughs> no. So I kept the bathroom window closed, no vent. And you know what happened? You got a steam room. I got mildew on my white ceiling oh. in my bathroom. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do about this? And I, I, I brought a friend over and pointed out the situation. And my friend said, did you know? That they have paint that is mildew resistant. Really? And I just looked at her and I said, what? And she said, yes, Jen. Or you can buy an additive and put it in just everyday paint and it will be mildew resistant. That's pretty grown up. And I was so excited about mildew resistant paint. And all of a sudden I realized, okay, that is something that only an adult would get excited about. And you just did the second really adult thing, which is recommend a specific paint to somebody else. (laughs) You can feel like an imposter sometimes. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're over 18. They've given me keys to a car. Maybe even have a couple of little ones that you're in charge of. But somehow you just still don't feel like an adult. But finally that moment comes and you realize, I've become an adult. When did that happen for you, Debbie? Well, I don't think I have yet. Oh, okay. I don't think I'm ever going to grow up. Although I did get asked for laundry advice once. (laughs) And that made you feel like an adult? It did for for just a mere moment. Um, They wanted to know if it was okay to put towels in with blue jeans and I was just flummoxed. Um, I went for it, though. I said, yeah, I thought that would be okay. <laughs> did they take your advice? They did, and it turned out quite well. Okay. okay. You're so an you adult. An adult. I, I was in my 20s, and they, they are still talking to me, so <laughs> I think that I think that qualifies me. Don't you? It does. Congratulations. Yes. Well done. Congrats. You passed. This is special. The Taylor and Jen Podcast is a product of Northwestern Media, a ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. You can hear more from Taylor. Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the life107.1 app.